Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. If you follow the money trail in your life, it will tell you something about your relationship with God. You see, if you follow the money trail, it'll tell you about God. If your treasure this morning's on stuff, and more stuff, and more stuff, that's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. And it's not about stuff. It's about our heart being given to God. When you hear the word tithe, your mind probably goes to the words money or 10%. But what about your time? Work, hobbies, clubs, social activities, we can schedule ourselves to the brink and have countless excuses about why we can't be involved with God's work in the church. From setting up chairs to cleaning to teaching classes, there are unlimited ways to minister through the giving of your time. For some, it's easier to give monetarily. Time is so valuable. If you line up any of your excuses next to time that would glorify God, there's no question what the right choice should be. The witness you give through your time is priceless. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 for our continuing study entitled Jesus Teaches About Dollars and Cents. Number three, giving should be done freely and joyfully. Freely and joyfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man or woman should decide what he has, should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. If you have ever felt manipulated to give, don't give. If you ever feel forced to give, don't give. Let me tell you why. God is more concerned with your attitude than the money. God does not need your money. This church does not need your money. If you feel forced to giving, keep it. We don't want it. You say, that's a strange thing to say in a church. Aren't you afraid the income will go down? No. Because we have good loving people that understand the principles. You guys do great. But some of you have been hyped so much that you get nervous when you talk about that. There's no reason to get nervous. God owns everything. Where he guides, he always provides. It's a wonderful blessing. So relax. If you see somebody on television making you feel guilty to give, turn it off. It's ridiculous. If you feel hyped and you're going to match this $100,000 challenge, if you just have another $15 and you're getting get four books and you get... It's all garbage. It's manipulation. Don't follow there. You should decide in your heart what to give and then do it how. It's good to give. God blesses us to give. Number four, giving should be proportional. 1 Corinthians 16.2 A man should give a set aside in keeping with his income. So if you give proportional, if you make 100 bucks a week and you want to tithe and you want to start at 10%, that's how much? 
100, 100 bucks a week is... How can I carry the three divided by two? Oh, this is a good group. Hallelujah. Who said 50 bucks? We'll take it. Whatever. No. It's how much? 10 bucks. If you make 500, it's 50. It's not... It's proportional. That's the way it should be. So tithe just means that. Now, some of you are here and saying this. I've never tithed. What should I do? This is just a suggestion for me. Look at Malachi 3.8 quickly. Yet you robbed me. But you ask, well, how did we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You see, if you neglect to give to God the tithe, here's what it says. You're robbing God. And you know who else you're robbing? Yourself. People don't get it. Now, if you're going to give to God just so the money comes back to you, wrong motive. Keep it. We don't want it. God doesn't want it. He's not interested in that. And we've seen so much hype, it's hard to work with this. Take a step of faith if you never tithe. Notice God says, prove me. By the way, he's always right. Just give it with the right attitude and see what God does. Now, I'm going to talk about money in the church a moment later because some of you are still nervous because of where you've come from, maybe. Have faith. Trust God. If you're in debt, there's two ways to look at this. And you have to determine how much faith you have. If you're in debt this morning, you should be paying off your debt. You say, well, I don't think I can afford 10%. Start at 3. Start at 4. Give regularly. As you're paying off your debt, then just increase it. Watch what God does. Linda and I are way beyond the 10%. It's none of your business how far we are. That's between God and us. But we just do that. You know, J.C. Penney, when he died, was giving over 90% of his income. You say, what a ridiculous man. Oh, he had a hard time making his payments, didn't he? Some of you are still thinking about that for a moment. <laughs> Some of you may have enough faith. You say you're in debt. Well, I guess I've started 10%. You mean God will bless me? Yes. Remember the title of the sermon this morning is Money and Sense. Here's some sense. Don't start giving to God and then spend more than you make and expect your budget to be good and your debt ratio to go down. Never happen. Common sense. You have to spend less than you make. Don't go, well, I'm going to give you 10%, God. I'm $8,000 in debt. I know next week you're going to get me out of debt. Forget it. He gave you this, didn't he? And he gave you principles. Get the tapes. You'll hear them. I don't have time to go there this morning. Number six, God is interested in much more than your financial giving. God is interested in much more than your financial giving. Some of you now can put your hankies away. You're going to feel better. Look back in the book of Mark, chapter 12. And skip to verse 41. We will cover those other verses the next time I speak. But this little passage at the end speaks very much about the subject that we're on this morning. Now Jesus has left this environment where the people have tried to corner him. And he's won wonderfully. He's beat them. And he goes over to the temple. Let's look at verse 41. And Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts. Jesus was in the court of the women, where everybody could be, in the temple. And there were 13 trumpet-shaped collection boxes there. They were there for all kinds of things. Let's just picture here 13 containers around the altar here. They were these wonderful horn-shaped and they would have on the outside of them, this was not their tithes, this was just free will offerings. When God says there's a need or whatever, there's free will offerings. And they would come in, and they would put their coins in these. 
Now, when you did that, you could hear the coins. They didn't have the paper money. They had. You could hear the coins. So when you put it in, you know, and notice what it says there. Jesus picked a good place where the offerings were given, and he watched the crowd. And Jesus sat down in the chair right here, and he's watching the people give. That's strange, isn't it? He's watching them give. And it says in our scripture there that the first group of people came in, it says many rich people threw in large amounts. Now what would that mean? How would you know somebody's rich? Well, in those days it would be by their clothes. So what happened is this. Jesus up here watching, here comes a rich person in. And he's picking one of these 13 and he starts putting his money in it. Clink, clink. Clink, 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 and it's resonating throughout the whatever. The guy's smiling all the time he's doing it. You know, it'd be like Las Vegas where you pull one thing and the money's just going <laughs> pouring out. Well, this guy's just clinking them in. That isn't bad enough. Josephus, a great historian of Jews, says this that the Pharisees, who were the ones with the long robes, you remember, liked it. The Pharisees would come in. they come into the temple. But before they came in, they hired a trumpeter. This is true. And they come right after it. Everybody go, man, what in the world's happening here? What, is the band come today? Is it the college day? What is this? And then the Pharisee go, clink, 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 clink. So Jesus was watching it. Now there's something you need to see that's very important. There was nothing wrong with the rich putting in lots of money. What should a rich person do? Put in lots of money. Because you're giving what? Proportionately. You're giving more. So if you make a thousand bucks a week, you should be putting in more than a person who makes a hundred bucks a week. Obviously, it makes sense. Common sense. So Jesus is knocking that. But notice what you're happening there. Jesus is watching how much they give. Secondly, he's watching the motive for giving. He can see their heart. And thirdly, he knows their attitude of giving. He's seen that prideful thing already. Now I want to tell you this morning, that's very interesting. Because it says to me that God is very interested in your giving. Do you know this morning He knows what you gave, why you gave it, and what your attitude is? Now relax, because none of us here do know. Just relax for a moment. At Calvary Chapels, the elders, the pastors, and myself have no clue who gives or who doesn't give. We never, ever, it's a cardinal rule here, look. See, because when I teach, I'm giving. I can look you right in the eye and teach. Now, if you're squirming like crazy, you blew it. <laughs> Sit still. See, because I don't know who gives. I don't know whether you're tithing. I don't know what your attitude is. I could never know what your motive is anyway. God is interested. And notice why he's interested. Look at what happens in this next passage of Scripture. In verse 42, he sees somebody else other than a rich person. It says, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. So Jesus watches the poor widow. How could you tell she's poor? Clothing, probably. She comes, and you remember the sound we heard before. She has two little coins that would be equal to a day's wage. She has two. 
Now, if you put in one of those two coins, it's very significant that there are two are mentioned here. If you put in one of those coins and you gave half of your day's wage, would you say that's pretty good for a widow? She gave what? Both. So we heard over here before. Here we hear this. Bink, bink. That's it. That's it. But look what Jesus says. Verse 43. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. That's a phrase you want to underline. Whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's a tremendous principle that applies for all time. So here's what he says. Watch this. Disciples, come over here, boys. Two more days, I'm out of here. I want to teach you about giving. You've heard me, but here, sit down. Let me tell you what I just saw. And disciples, if you get it, that's how the church is to go. By the way, we see that they get it because in Acts 5, great hypocrisy at the church, people are dead over giving. You see, God won't stand for hypocrites. He's got great patience. So he says to his disciples, watch what happens. And look what he says to his disciples. He's got them all around. He says this, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. And they're probably thinking, huh? How can that be? Two little coins? He says this, they gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, she put in everything, all she had to live on. So Jesus says, these guys, as they collected the money, it was 100000 bucks. She put a buck in, but she gave more. You see, Jesus says, it isn't the amount of money. It's not that at all. It's the, brings us to point number seven this morning. Biblical giving is not about the amount. It's about the giver's heart. Biblical giving is not about the amount. It's about the giver's heart. So Jesus says, she gave and is going to trust me. For the rest of today, till she gets paid her wage tomorrow. The other people, they gave off the top. They just threw a little tip in. It was masses more than her. But she gave and trusted God. So for those of you that are struggling this morning with tithing, I like to tithing, I like to tithing, it's Old Testament, come to the New Testament. Hello. Give your all. I don't hear too many amens on that one. Well, maybe tithing isn't too bad after all. That's what God says. Now, why does Jesus care? Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Why does Jesus care about people's giving and their attitude? Why would God even be interested in what you gave this morning and why you gave? Why would he even care? And as you're turning to Romans 12, 1, let me give you, write this other verse down. This is why he cares. Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6, 21. Here's what it says. Jesus says, where your treasure is, That's where your heart is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. The New Living Translation says this, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be also. Listen to this statement I read this week. I loved it. It says this, If you follow the money trail in your life, it will tell you something about your relationship with God. You see, if you follow the money trail... It'll tell you about God. If your treasure this morning's on stuff, and more stuff, and more stuff, that's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. 
And it's not about stuff. It's about our heart being given to God. Look at Romans 12.1. Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. In the Old Testament, you would go and give uh, sacrifices of animals and so forth. That would show you that you're offering to God. Paul says it's not the animals... It's not the animals at all. It's you now. You're to be a living sacrifice to God. You get in on your own altar and you say to God, I'm yours today. Whatever you want, I'm yours. I'm ready to do whatever you like. I'm not a dead sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm getting ready to do your service. However it is. How to minister to people, it doesn't matter. I'm ready. Your possessions are part of you. Now, here's what some people do because they have lots of money. They just throw money at the, I gave my tithes, what else you want? What do you mean you want my time and you want me to serve in the kids' ministry and you want my talents and I'm supposed to be in the band and help people set up chairs and, and minister to people and make, make meals for people? I don't have time for that. It's my time. Oh, is it? Wh- whose time is it? It's God's time. So we see a passage that speaks highly about who we should be. And what we should be, money is not evil. It's neutral. It's our heart. The key is our possession, our daily relationship with God. Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, they were going, and you'll see from this passage that Peter and John have learned the lesson just given about 60 days before. They've learned the lesson. 40, 50, 60 days in there somewhere, they've learned this lesson. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. And when Peter and, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. What else would a beggar ask for? This is so important. I want to stop here. You see, the beggar wanted some money to make it through another day. There was no hope for any change in his lifestyle. He was just existing. He didn't know what real life was about. For him, it was just stuff, some money to make it through. Today, people believe the same thing. They're hurting in their lives. They're begging. They think their real problems can be fixed by money, by sweepstakes, by how to make a million bucks in the market, by possession, by pleasure, by power. Your real problems can never be fixed except by one person, and that's Jesus Christ. And the world is blinded to that today. So was the beggar. Peter looked straight at him in verse 4, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said to John, John, you got any money? John looked at Peter and said, I was going to ask you the same thing. I have nothing to give. Notice here, in the financial world, Peter and John are broke. They don't even have a coin to give a beggar. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. At that point, the beggar said, move along. Get out of my line. I need somebody that's got some bucks that can give me something here. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. You see, in the financial world, they were bankrupt. But in the spiritual world, they were millionaires. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Let me ask you, if you ran into the very same situation, 
What do you have to give? You see, so many of us as Christians this morning have nothing but stuff. Our spiritual lives are really dry. We don't have anything overflowing in our lives. We've been selfish. We've been focusing on us. We just want to get through another day. And let's see if we can get through this stock market problem. Man, don't be excited about all that. We're just so excited about stuff, but life doesn't made of stuff. Life is made of a relationship, living, active, filled with the power of God, with Jesus Christ. Some of us have nothing to offer anybody. And it comes because in the morning, we have not done this. We haven't got down on our face before God and said, God, I'm yours, 100%. What do you need? This is where life is. This is where life is. Every morning, this is where it starts. And it says the layman, he got up and he started walking and jumping and praising God. How do you think they felt, Peter and John? Hey, cool. (laughs) How did they feel? They went, this is what life is all about. I imagine Peter and John said, you remember the principle? Jesus told us. We didn't have any money, but we had something. We had the Spirit of God, the power of God flowing through our life. You can't have the power of God unless you spend time with God. Some of you are playing games with God. God has spoken to your life, and you're playing with salvation. My friend, don't play with it. There's a judgment day coming. God knows where you should be. I don't know. I have no clue. But I want to tell you, if you want to enjoy life, don't get outside the presence of God and throw your money at it. Some of you have talents. You have all these abilities. You have gifts to teach kids. You have ministry in the church. You have ministry outside the church. And you're here, but your talents are outside. You owe them to God. He's blessed you with them. Use them. That's how this kingdom's going to get ahead. Uh, This country is going down the tubes. You know that. But God isn't. And the only place where you're going to find fulfillment and joy, and peace with God, and a life that is really filled with life is right here, giving your all, which includes somewhere over here in my wallet. It's not about money, but that's part of us. Some of you can't break free with nothing. You know who you're serving? Money. And God says you can't serve mammon and God. Those of you that are like this today, make a choice. Either get in or get out. God is not happy with half-hearts. Revelation says, in the end times, if you're lukewarm, he's spitting you out. See, because you're an abomination, you're no witness at all, you're confusing the world. Get in or get out. There's some of you here this morning that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a debt you will never pay. It's the debt of sin. You can't throw money at it. You can't throw good works at it. You can't throw anything at it. It's a debt of sin. There's only one way to get it paid. It's already been paid. How'd you like to receive a phone call? You're the one that has a $5,000 debt. You receive a phone call and says your debt's been totally paid. Hallelujah. Come on down. You get a brand new credit card. Some of you need to do that. This morning, some of you aren't saved. You don't know the love of Jesus Christ. You've never had your sins forgiven. Jesus paid it all. As we heard today, God is interested in much more than how much we're giving. He looks at our hearts. When the widow at the temple gave all she had, she showed what was first in her heart, God. When Peter and John went to the temple, they encountered a disabled man 
was begging for money. Although they had none, the disciples healed the man in the name of Jesus, who then proclaimed the name of God. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give a rundown of the deadly errors committed by the Sadducees. They don't understand the true meaning of the Scriptures and are blind to what God says. Jesus will call them out on it, but they will only grumble amongst themselves. We may have a lot of the same questions, but as we will see, the Word will answer them all if we will have ears to hear. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. 